cigars all around Cheers, y'all Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to this fine radio program, podcast, and video extravaganza known internationally as the world-famous Smokin' and Toastin'. Smokin' and Toastin' number 285. Man, I think I think we have to up our up our game. I, yeah? I, that was, as of last week, I think almost exactly halfway to 300. Yeah. I think we are now five-eighths of the way to 300. Five-eighths of the way. Yes. That's good to know. <laughs> I like how you've you know, broken it down and become more specific. Yes. I think that's well, I think that's going to work. It's important to keep these things like yeah. right where they need to hey, be. Listen, I uh, I was always a, a little slow in math. It wasn't my best uh, <laughs> wasn't my best subject and I was promised there'd be no math when we started smoking and toasting, but that turns out not to be true. There's all not kinds entirely. of math, yeah. Uh, but in any case, Counting welcome. how many beers we have, right, how many right. shows we how have. How high is the ABV? <laughs> Uh, you know, there's numbers everywhere. It's just the way it is. Welcome to the program, ladies and gentlemen. We are all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. My name is Cruz. My co-host is the one and only Ian Barry. Hi, Welcome yo. to the Prog. And uh, we have uh, Doug on the Wheels of Steel, uh, Doug Lawrence, and Adam is our uh, executive producer in a booth somewhere in Washington, D.C. So, uh, so we In a booth. He's yeah. in a coffee shop. Yeah, you know, you, you totally know he's man or... bun on his head, you know, <laughs> right. totally, totally styling uh he's well, at home in his pajamas <laughs> most likely or that <laughs> well welcome to the program it's show number 285 as i mentioned today's show we will talk about how tequila is taking over plus the best brewery tap rooms not only are you and i going to share I, some of our favorites i have had tequila take over in an evening before. yes well tequila is <laughs> very good at taking over and in fact we're going to have some uh, take over the show here in a little bit we're going to be trying some lalo Blanco. I have never uh, seen this before. I had some at a uh, bar a couple of weeks ago. Uh, it's what the uh, it's it's what the uh, bartender was making a margarita for my wife uh, using that, and he said, "Oh, it's really really good." And I was like, "Okay, well, uh, why don't you just pour me just a little, you know, like an individual individual shot of it?" And I thought, "We got to try this one on the show." Oh, so, nice. So, uh, so, but I have not, as you can tell. By looking at the bodily, and I have not done my normal courtesy of clearing away the plastic so you don't get a uh, We're not going to tell HR about this yeah. because, you know, if, if in case there's a slight plastic cut or Exactly. Or, and I haven't, I haven't cleared the neck uh, right. to, to create. I usually try to do this for you, but I actually, actually had to pick this up on the way in. And the reason... That that happened was because we were scheduled uh, to have Sean Anger from Fox yes, and Seeker yes. on today. And at the last minute, uh, someone in his family tested positive for COVID. And so out of an abundance of caution, uh, Sean is going to reschedule with us and come back. Once I'm for it. I can't wait everybody's to see him. Negative, and so, uh, and yeah. I hope they're doing well. And, the, and, and I hope so, too. And I'm excited about having him on the show because he was bringing they their bourbon. Big news. Yeah. yeah they yeah. got a bourbon ready. So they started with gin and vodka, mm -hmm. uh, which obviously there's not. The kind of aging involved there, so you're able to get those spirits well, out of the market of right away. Well, a lot of spirit companies start off that way because mm -hmm. you can't open up a brand and have you know a seven year old whiskey. Right. Yeah. If you if you did, you, you started, started seven years ago. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Unless you started seven years ago. <laughs> exactly. So, so it takes a while to get that product, and a lot of times what those brands do is they they bring in a a, a, a product that a pre made product. Yeah. You know? 
and then they'll do uh, some of the um, some of the finishing and those kind of things themselves. But uh, but I'm pretty excited to see this. I'm, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it's going to be good. So we'll reschedule him and get him in here. Uh, also, uh, want to thank our special guest from last week, uh, Nathan Barkman from Real Brazos Distilling, who always has a better time on the show than he thinks he's going to have. Have you noticed that? <laughs> <laughs> Whenever the show's over, he's like, "Well, that was really fun." Yeah, yeah it's like, well, he's so it's fun. Like, You've been here several times. Yeah, he's, 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 three times yeah. now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he's, should, he's, he's so fun. He's such a yeah, he's such a he's great guest. Great guest, and boy, was that whiskey good, Ooh, man! Baby. It that is. was good. So, uh, so we're going to do some tasting today. In addition to the Lalo uh, Blanco uh, tequila, uh, we'll be tasting what I think will be some very interesting beers from Legal Draft Brewing Company in Arlington, Texas. These are the guys that I, I guess they must be former lawyers. They have to. All be, of right? their beers right. are have some kind of legal name or or legal reference uh, in their name or their uh, subtitle. Uh, we'll be trying though. One that doesn't. It's nowhere but Texas. It's their premium lager. Nowhere but Texas. Yeah, so, I love it. So there's not really a legal, you know, angle to nowhere that. Nowhere but Texas sounds like the kind of line that starts a story. Uh, not, nowhere but Texas. Not like, but not entirely unlike a Florida man. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> <laughs> Only generally speaking, uh, it's not quite as predictably like stupid in texas. Yes. <laughs> no but doesn't nowhere in texas that sounds like it would be the first line in the movie and it would be narrated by sam elliott <laughs> nowhere but texas nowhere but texas and then he'd go on and in that amazing voice damn that hurts yeah. don't it me exactly <laughs> <laughs> and, and always like, it's because of like his mustache part of that always, movie. always looks like it's he's like, like chewing past the mustache <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway we'll try their uh, nowhere but texas premium lager uh, we'll also be tasting from one of our favorites and one of the most creative breweries in the world, Prairie Artisan Ales. Oh, man. Out of Oklahoma City. Uh, we'll be tasting their peanut butter and jelly squeeze. Yes. It's a sour See, ale. See, this is all brand new to me because I didn't even have a chance to look at the show notes. Oh, well, yeah. So. I lie. I saw that they were there, and then I was like, I'll look at them later. And then I totally forgot about it until I was on my way here. And, you know. So then you also don't know that we're going to be tasting from Martin House Brewing Company in uh, Fort Worth, Texas. We're going to be tasting their... Morning sunshine. Morning sunshine. And and there is a comma there, so it's not like morning sunshine. No, it's morning. But it's more like a, a greeting, sunshine. like morning sunshine. Nice. It is a coffee stout with maple syrup. Nice. So you're always talking about you know things that you want to just like pour, pour on pancakes can, or pancake, or yeah. perhaps on your nipples. A waffle. And, well, <laughs> yeah. it has to be pretty special if I want to put it on my nipples. Well, we'll see if this. Makes, they're not sensitive or anything. Well, we'll see if this makes the uh, nipple <laughs> cut then uh, when we try this from uh, Martin House Brewing. But I know I'm actually really excited about this. Uh, got a can of this. Um, I don't know about a month and a half ago, and just we've had other things going on the show, and I've been it's been in my refrigerator, and I've been so tempted to just it's go ahead and drink you. it. Yeah, uh, but I but I haven't. I managed to hold out, so we'll be. Trying I, it for I, the first I have time. this. I have this picture of you sitting out late at night, having a cigar in your patio, and hearing a voice going, "Cruise." Morning. I'd like to fulfill my beer destiny. Morning, sunshine. <laughs> I am cold and in your beer fridge right now. And technically, it's after 12, so That's it right. is morning. <laughs> it is morning, exactly. <laughs> uh, so, uh, also tell you about some very interesting cigars to watch for today. The FDA is facing a bit of a backlash over their proposed ban of flavored cigars. 
And we kind of thought that this would be like inevitable, but there's been some backlash. So we'll see what happens with this and we'll tell you about it. Plus, I mentioned we were going to talk about um, brewery tap rooms. So a couple of different things we're going to look at. Nine, uh, an article uh, that is really interesting called Nine Remarkable Brewery Tap Rooms to Put on Your Bucket List. And then uh, the there's another list we have the best. That's good because the list I have is Markable. Brewery tap and this rooms. is remarkable, right? Yeah. And then, uh, in addition to that, we have a list of the best craft breweries in California. So we'll be taking a look at those. We, um, you know, I know we have some listeners in California. But one of the things about California is that almost everybody goes there to visit at some point. Yes. So we will, uh, we will give you some places that you might want to try when you're there. Oh, California is a nice place to visit. It very much is. Uh, uh, and then a whole different kind of craft beer experience. That's not bad. <laughs> and I'll just leave it there for now. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> Nor should you. Uh, we also will have drinking news. Believe it or not, that's not the drinking news story. Uh, we also will have uh, drinking news, and our drinking news teaser headline for today is... I had to take my gator to the liquor store. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> Do I have to change the song? You might. Yeah, you might <laughs> after today. Uh, we will see uh, We will see when we get there. So uh, there's new data out for craft beer, and it's very encouraging after, obviously, uh, craft beer had a tough go of it during uh, the, you know, most lockdown era of the, the yeah, pandemic. Yeah, the early days of the pandemic yeah. especially. We really, lost, really we lost some great breweries. Cause, yes, because so many, uh, and the biggest thing that hurt, breweries wasn't that they couldn't you know keep making beer and even some of them managed to get more beer into grocery stores and and liquor stores and and they managed to get you know things like curbside pickup at the brewery but yeah. the thing that hurt them the most is a lot of especially smaller local breweries would have some pretty good deals to be on tap at different bars yeah. around the city and those bars were all shut down wherever you live wherever you were that is uh, what it was looking like. So um, the fact that the sun is finally shining again is a reason to celebrate for the craft beer industry, even if a few clouds are still in sight. That is the feeling that this article says that one gets when looking over the recently released data from the Brewers Association. And it highlights a pretty robust rebound uh, from the losses that craft beer suffered during the pandemic. Now, obviously, we lost some breweries altogether. Yeah, and they aren't coming back, unfortunately. Uh, but... Right. Uh, so during 2020, craft beer declined in volume for the first time ever, by the way. It was down 9%, uh, at which, if that's, you think about it. That's still not, big. Yeah, it's not nearly as bad as it could have been. less than I thought it yeah, was going to be. Yeah. Uh, that was, of course, the mass closing of, of bars and tasting rooms and seemingly any kind of spot, you know, that, that you could go and just sit and have a craft beer. Uh, but 2021 delivered some good news. Volume growth was up 7.9% with almost 24.5 million barrels produced. And although that was below the 2019 number of 26.3 million barrels, craft beer's growth numbers. This is the thing I got the most excited right. about. The growth numbers for craft beer outpaced the entire American beer market's growth of 1.0%. So in other words, when beer kind of came roaring back, it was craft beer that roared the loudest. Craft beer's back, yeah. baby. Yeah. So and and part of that could be because it was still very easy to find, you know, 
a Bud or a Miller or, or a Coors, you know, yeah. at your local convenience store. Yeah, the or grocery convenience store is always going to have it. Yeah, it's always going to have it, and I'm sure a lot of that was still drunk. But the fact is, plenty of that beer gets consumed in bars and restaurants as well. Yeah. You know, just because a, a bar has a good tap lineup of craft beer doesn't mean that most of them don't still sell you a Bud Light if that's what you want or, right. or, or whatever. There are a few with great integrity, and I love that, that don't. <laughs> but, well, there's, but, you know. So there are tap rooms that have, well, you know, bars, uh, sure. uh, bar tap rooms that, that don't serve <clears throat> the, the macro brews. Uh, I also understand from a business standpoint, you're going to have your, your macro brews, your Bud Lights, your Miller mm -hmm. Lights, your uh, whatever else lights, your mm -hmm. Ultra. Yeah. Alters, yeah. all that stuff you're gonna have that you're gonna have people that drink it. and some people drink it not because that i mean the ultralight thing has been its own phenomenon because there's a lot of people uh athletes or that are into sports or into you know keeping their carbs low and stuff that that's right, what right. they drink i will tell you um uh my wife's friend sherry who i think you know sherry yeah, yeah, yeah. okay so sherry's on this uh very restrictive diet she's lost a lot of weight and she is really counting carbs carefully. Uh -huh. So she came over and did a pool day with my wife recently. And they were headed to the pool and she wanted, you know, something to drink. And she said, oh, I guess I'll just, you know, I'll run down to the thing and get some Michelob Ultra. And I said, how many beers are you going to drink? She goes, oh, just one. I go, hang on. And I had in my beer fridge one of those beers. And I, the and daytime? No, or? no, it was the company that does the gluten-free beers uh, with the O- uh, om uh, omission. Omission. Thank you. Yes. So they had a gluten-free beer that was three carbs and 99 calories. And it was just, I, I got it just to try it. Nailed it. And it was an amber ale. And I said, here, try this. And so she pops the top on it, takes a drink, and she's like, this is good. I'm nice. like, yes, yes. <laughs> Another Michelob Ultra drinker bites the dust. <laughs> but uh, But my point is, that there's enough low-carb and low-calorie craft beer out there now yeah. that still has some flavor instead of just being beer-flavored well, water. Let's talk about this for a second, okay? What does craft beer mean right now? Because, like, for a lot of years, we didn't have a lot of choices. You know, I right. mean, I'm, I'm going back 20 years ago, okay? Mm -hmm. So, like, I'm going I'm to take us way back. So oh, you still had St. Arnold and you a few had, of the older You had breweries. a few of those, but then craft beer started becoming that burgeoning industry. Mm -hmm. And I remember the joy of walking into a place that had a craft beer selection and just looking for different. Yes. It was like, One can of my favorite I just things to do? find something different? And there was a large uh, amount of joy in just that. Not every beer I bought was awesome. Right, but that's okay. But it was you were different, trying and different things. I wanted things. to try yes, different things. Absolutely, and I'm so with And you. then let's go back ten years ago. We have a lot of craft beers out there, and ten years ago they were all IPAs. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Every one of them was IPA. Pretty much, yeah, yeah. <laughs> all IPAs and the occasional stout. That's yes, it. Yes, yeah. yes. Um, and uh, and so you had a lot more choices. Those things. And it was still fun to do that. Let's find something different. But the market got to be where there was so many. You could actually go. Okay, I have some staples in this mm -hmm. industry that mm -hmm. you go. Okay, this is what I buy. Right nowadays. Uh, um, I think, like, my, at least my thought process shifts a little bit because I still look for different stuff. I still do. Like, there's still that joy of what can I find that's a little different. But I also enjoy looking at craft beer and going, what am I in the mood for now? Because there's so many and, and so many wonderful ones that I can go, you know what? I'm in the mood for this particular beer, mm -hmm. this particular beer, mm -hmm. this particular beer. And it allows me to change my palate because I don't 
I don't understand the thought process of uh, I, I drink Bud Light and this is the only beer I ever drink because there's a lot of people out there that are like that yeah, and, and insert whatever macro yeah. beer uh, Coors. Right. I only drink Coors or I only drink Coors Light or Bud Light or Miller Light or any other light beer like that. Or and there's uh, there's people out there that just are so solid about this is what they drink, and that to me is like pizza every day. Pizza's fine, right? But, but every you day, really want to I, eat I just pizza don't every want day. pizza yeah. every day or uh -huh. spaghetti every day. I just don't want that, right. you know. And I want different things. I want to try and in a night where I sit down and have two or three beers. Right. I'm usually going to have one to two different beers, right. like just for something different sure, to try. Sure, you know? absolutely. Like, I very much like that. And so the I love the uh, the the fact that there are so many, but I also enjoy. Tremendously, and I think we'll we'll touch on this when we talk about tap rooms. I enjoy the fact that you can go to a tap room and just pick the beer that they have, right? And they don't sell Bud Light or Miller Light, right? Exactly. You're you there know, to try. You're their there to beers. try their beer, absolutely. And, and experience their. I remember trying a watermelon goza at Brash. Oh yeah, that blew my mind. I would never have bought it at the store. You know what I mean? It just wouldn't have been something that I chose. But I was like, oh, looking up at the board. Uh, let's try the water. I'm here. It's just a glass, right? Yeah. yeah. I'm not buying a six pack. And I remember tasting it and going, oh my God, this is like, it's watermelon. <laughs> right. It's salty. It's so delicious. Good. Right, right. Yeah. And it's a beer. And yeah. Brash is hot. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh. it's, it, that's a hot tap uh, it, it's, room. Yeah. It's a hot tap room, as in like 100 degrees inside. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It is really hot. No uh, AC. Yeah. yeah. They're, uh, when we do our little list, they won't make my favorite list. And it has nothing to do with their beer. <laughs> it's just too damn hot in there. Oh, but anyway, when uh, we'll we'll get to that a little bit later on. But I, I did want to ask you, back in the day when you had those first staples you mentioned, right? Uh, what what were yours? I know I know what like mine were kind of progressively before it got to the point where you could find a lot of craft beer. We everywhere. talked about it briefly uh, on last week's show. Is the a New Belgium fifteen fifty four? Yeah. I used to buy it by the case. Oh, That's, very nice. What, what a great and different beer that was. Yep, and yep. I got turned on to that. I was at a, a bar in town called Rudyard's. Uh, I think my band was playing that night. And I got turned on to that because the uh, the New Belgium rep was there. Oh, cool. And uh, and we just got to chatting. And he's like, well, what kind of beer you like? And I just kind of explained, you know. And he goes, oh, well, you need to try this. And he hands me um, a, a, a sip of, a, you know, a, a short glass of uh that 15 feet i was like this is brilliant you know mm -hmm. and uh and that turned me on to that um uh, other staples of course uh, new belgium fat tires yes is, is absolutely fantastic yep. uh shiner has always been a staple yep. to me and that i was think one that of mine. counts either that was one way of mine, for sure yeah in this list shiner has always been one of those staples um uh i'm, I'm trying to think uh flying dog oh flying dog flying dog uh made a few beers that i was so happy with um in the in the earlier days but uh they made a, a barley wine called horn dog that for about two years <laughs> that was your, that um, was your I jam i don't know that i remember all of those two years <laughs> um then uh then other other ones um uh, uh dogfish head 90 minute, 90 IPA, minute ipa yep 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 is is unbelievable um there's there's just so many of those really good uh, and I like some uh, some imports too like Maridsu, mm -hmm. uh, Maridsu mm -hmm. the Brune the uh, the Triple is amazing Brother Thelonious from North Brother Coast Thelonious. was an absolute yeah, and back then one. you could only get it in a bomber so you right. were committed yeah. and I promise you one bomber <laughs> you were committed you were definitely <laughs> committed at that point um, for me I think um, 
Harpoon IPA yeah, was yeah. what started it for me. I was in Boston, living in Boston at the time, and that was the first beer that I ever remember that I just fell in love with. Like I was, I was just like nuts about it. Uh, Shiner Bach, of course, yeah, uh, yeah. as as you mentioned, uh, and then uh, when I, I moved back to Houston, and it was uh, Saint Arnold Alyssa. Mm-hmm. This is before Art Car, before uh, mm. the Juicy and the stuff that they have out now. And then from there, believe it or not, Hopadillo. From yeah. uh, from uh, when it came out, out was a mighty when it thing. came out. I I was just very I, I did kind of burn myself out on it. But once I got moved past Hopadilla was when my um, my horizons got broadened a lot, and I started just trying so many different. I things. I, I, I sadly left out the uh, Saint Arnold Brown Ale. Oh, the there, Brown Ale was great. There were a yeah. few uh, bars in town that I used to play at slash frequent slash friends work there uh, that had Brown Ale on tap, and I did my best mm-hmm. to drink that keg dry so they get fresh ones all the time. One that I left out, uh, Magic Hat number nine. Yeah, I got turned into that kind of late. Yeah, uh, good I was beer. It was from like the New England area, so it was it was I, readily available. I there. remember it made it down here probably 15 years ago mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. like mid mid 2000s. Um somewhere in there, but uh and by the time I had it, I already had a whole bunch of other stuff that kind of was in that yeah. wheelhouse yeah. that I like but great Co- beer a couple of other things that I remember um uh I, I'm now blanking on the the brewery they were out of New Hampshire and they had a uh a USB that was just out of this ESB room. or USB? Uh, I'm sorry ESB, ESB USB yeah. I'm thinking about the cable uh <laughs> sorry uh brain fart uh no it was um uh, I'll think of them in, in a minute but the other one uh, and I used to get this on airplanes, believe it or not, when I would fly. Really, Pete's Wicked Summer Ale. Oh yeah, and I, I don't think Pete's Wicked's even still in business now. No, I but remember they Pete's had Wicked, a though. summer ale that was out of this world. It was just so crisp and drinkable, and was and it was just one of my, whenever it would come out every right. you know every season, uh, I would uh, I would absolutely get it. I'm trying to. I'll think of the name of that other brewery. This is what happens. When Blurt we it do, out when it happens. When, this is what happens when we don't do the lists ahead of time, but we just kind of <laughs> kind of freewheel. So uh, speaking of things, we have a tendency to uh, you know write some notes for. Uh, do you have a chance to smoke anything interesting this week? I did. I sat out on my patio today. Nice. Uh, I went with old school today. I went with something that I've had. I, I would guess conservatively, I would have fifty of these over mm. over the years. Mm. It's it's it was an absolute go to cigar for me, and I happened by uh, I was at uh, Lone Star Cigars uh, earlier this week, and uh, and happened by and they had the uh, Ilusión MJ12, which I haven't uh, been able to find very much yeah, recently. Yeah. Like a lot of places that's, are just that's out kind of, it. of been a favorite of yours for a while. Yeah, yeah. and I, I really love the MJ12, and it's it's weird because they have that whole MJ line. Uh, or they have that whole line. Uh, it's not. It's not the MJ line, but the MJ twelve stands for Majestic Twelve, which is kind of a hail to the uh, the uh, the crew that was in charge of the Area Fifty One. Ah, cool. So yeah, there's, there's a weird story there. You can look it up. Love it's it, kind of fun. It. But anyway, the MJ twelve is different from that entire line because it's the only one that's wrapped in um, tin foil or right, right. Whatever. It's, it's, it's a, like yeah, right. It's they a foil, foil wrap, wrap uh-huh, right? Uh-huh. Um, and it's a big cigar. It's a six by fifty-six Toro or Toro Gordo, I guess it would be mm-hmm, called. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's got a, a Nicaraguan Corojo wrapper, Nicaraguan binder, Nicaraguan filler, so total Nicaraguan puro. Uh, and I think that whole line is like this. Uh, the appearance on this, um, and you'll see in the pictures too. I, I took a picture of the. Uh, you'll see the uh, the foil wrap. You'll see all the different uh, 
uh, things about it. But the appearance, smooth, leathery to the touch, uh, many small veins going over uh, all the way through it, firm overall, very hearty feeling cigar. Like it feels hefty a mm-hmm. little bit, you know? I think it says hearty on my list, but I think I, I put it in hefty and they autocorrect. Oh, me. yeah. Autocorrect can be uh, sometimes <laughs> much more comical than that, yes. believe me. <laughs> uh, it has a single white label once you peel past the uh, foil. Uh, it just says uh, Illusion uh, MJ-12. Uh, there was a flaw in the wrapper, and you'll see that in this picture here, um, where right by the cap, there was a little split in the wrapper, hmm. um, but it looked like it happened while it was rolled, not after. It looked, right. like, looked like an actual... Uh, flaw that happened um the pre-light sniff on us barnyard leather earth mm. I, like that just straight ahead like that's that's what it smells like the pre-light draw on this i used a punch had a medium draw earth fermented hay leather um the initial light on this nicaraguan pepper blast song coming up sometime in the future <laughs> sure uh, and so. rich earth uh i had to i had to fat <laughs> I had to fat lip the end of it to compensate for the uh, split. For in the, the split, okay, yeah. And it, you know, so you know what I mean, where you put your lip over because if you mm-hmm. if you're trying to to smoke a cigar that has a split in it, it kind of acts like like when you get a little hole or a split in your mm-hmm. straw where you're, yep, yep, you're yep, not yep. getting the full suction from it, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I had to fat lip it to kind of compensate for that. Um, uh, to compensate for the flaw, the uh, retro hill, uh, peppery and woody. Uh, the first third of this, the flaw became annoying, so I clipped the end, which got me a little closer to, to where being able to smoke it normally. To right? being able to smoke it, I still had to fat lip it just a little bit, just not as much, and it was a little more natural. So, um, the pepper backs off dramatically, leaving a luscious leather lingering long on the lips and palate. Wow. Like that. I see what you did there. <laughs> <laughs> I literally alliterated. <laughs> um, sorry. Uh, earth and nutty flavors take turns whilst the back, uh, backbone of wood and pepper um, uh, uh, support the whole uh, uh, flavor structure. Multi flavors appear here, and underlying sweetness begins as a sideshow and becomes a main attraction. Mm-hmm. The retro hail is cedar, uh, sweet malt, and a kiss of pepper. Solid ash, perfect burn like even burn. even with the the little flaw it's still yeah burned no, it, it burned i mean it was razor tight burn uh the second third of this pepper ramps up slightly and is perfect complement to the sweet malty nutty flavors cedar and leather layers keep things uh interesting uh earth and light floral notes give this a fresh feel to it um Big silky smoke creates pleasant lingering tanginess, retro hails, sweet uh, nuttiness, mocha, pepper, solid ash, perfect burn. Nice. The last third of the cigar started having construction issue. Mm. Mm, a slight canoeing so happened. This is closer to where you had the problem. Uh, yeah, though, to begin a, slight, with, right? uh, a, a slight canoeing happened and a split in a wrapper happened. You know mm. how sometimes then yep. it'll heat up and it'll swell right, a little it just bit and, split swells and splits. Yep. Um, so that started happening. And again, you'll see that in the picture. Um, uh, I, you know, I, I said, I'll try tending it first. And so I did, I just, uh, hit that canoed section with the lighter, uh, and it seemed to work fine. Um, the flavors were all still intact. I, I started getting almost a peanut butter note, mm. sweet chocolate malt and massive sweetness overall, uh, cedar and pepper leathery notes are constant. Tending the burn seems to have done the trick. It was burning great at this point in time, still fat lipping it just a little bit because of mm-hmm. that, uh, split on it. The retro hail is sweet, nuttiness, uh, mocha, cedar, and pepper, solid ash, sketchy burn. Oh, sketchy burn, yeah. Yeah, the last the last third of the cigar, the burn was a little sketchy. I tended it a couple times there. And I will tell you, on the PVQ, I even wrote this note. This is the first time I've had a single issue with this blend ever. 
Right. And I've had You've many, had, like you many, said, many, even many. like fifty years. I, I would say conservatively, uh, they came out in like two thousand nine. Mm-hmm. I've probably had fifty of them by then. Okay, you know, like I just this one of those where I just I see it, I generally buy it just to toss it in a humidor. I love the cigar. Uh, so this is the first one I've ever had, and I'd say one in fifty is a pretty good. Um, first one you've uh, ever had that had a, a construction any kind issue. of construction issue right. ever. Like all the other ones have always smoked great. Um, I don't remember ever having an issue with with the MJ12. So I did not knock off on the score due to construction issues on this cigar because I've had so many before and it's so consistent. So okay, I, I just enough. took that out of account on this, even though this was my experience that I had today. Mm-hmm. Uh, the PVQ on this, um, the price to quality index, uh, um, this is a ten dollar and eighty cent cigar. Mm-hmm. So it's not cheap. It's it's premium and, right. and and getting close to super premium i still gave it a 5.5 it's still one of my favorite wow. sticks it is a fantastic stick it is however if these flavors sound great to you this is a medium plus okay okay this is not a, a super light stick but even even at that uh if you like mild to medium and you're okay with things being a little more medium this is not a a big right it's super not a super peppery, big in your face yeah. like ridiculous uh, medium plus it's just got a lot of things going on big silky smoke so i'd say try it if you want to bump up a little bit towards full good to know but uh great cigar uh even though i had issues with this particular one as many as i've had before i never had issues so good to know all right we're gonna take a break i'll tell you what about my cigar this week uh when we come back and we're also going to get into some tasting i want to go ahead and start the next segment uh ian because i'm thirsty so we'll be tasting from Legal Draft Brewing Company. They're nowhere but Texas. Premium lager coming up. is smoking and toasting this is the program that is all about craft beer fine spirits and hand rolled cigars it's show number 285 and we're not only going to talk about the best brewery tap rooms including our personal favorites that we've been to and of course i haven't been to enough to really say these are the best i'll just tell you about what my good experiences have been and and you can share the same uh but uh, in addition to talking about that we're going to talk about the fact that tequila is taking over Tequila. And so I really hope that uh, um, that our uh, tequila expert, Liliana, is uh, listening today because I think she would find this very, very interesting. So, And she probably nice. knows it already. Yeah, she probably she, she knows it. She knows all of that stuff and knows uh, how it goes. So, Ian, I was thinking, I'll tell you about my cigar that I smoked this week, and uh, you can bide the time by pouring us a, uh, a little uh, a beer from this first I'll do that because you will go on um, ad nauseum, and yes, that will give me like, time to drink this beer. <laughs> uh, it's the Nowhere But Texas American <laughs> Lager uh, from Legal Draft. I think Ian is saying I that love I'm, this. We have the, the, uh, the Texas yeah. flag at, uh, slash American flag kind of colors. and Nowhere But Texas. Legal Draft. <laughs> it says on the can. <laughs> Holds the answer to all my dreams. Uh, I love it. Then that is how people who live in Texas feel about the state. You don't find people who live in uh, just pick a state, Idaho. You don't you don't find the same devotion to their state, any any other state than Texas. And not as not as much. Yeah. No, Texas is a little over the top and notorious. Y- yeah, for, that. Uh, for for sure. Uh, I I haven't seen any other states where you regularly notice pickup trucks with a bumper sticker that is made out of the state flag and it says secede. 
That's right. <laughs> but Texas, you will see it. Um, anyway, uh, Texas is where I was when I smoked my cigar this week. And I have to tell you, uh, uh, sometimes, you know, I almost feel guilty when I smoke a super premium cigar to talk about it on the show. Because I think, you know, people must think I've got the kind of money to, like, smoke these all the time. And I don't. I'm actually really, really cheap. <laughs> when it comes down to it, I am a total cheapskate. And I noticed, by the way, when we did that uh, best whiskey for cheapskates uh, episode, that's been one of our most listened to episodes of the year so far. Nice. So, uh, so apparently, we got a lot of cheapskates right. who listen to the show, and that's fine with me because I identify and I smoked a cheapskate cigar this week, and I uh, want to I want to tell you about. Let's, it. let's let's change this word. We're not cheapskate skates. We're what are we? Economical. Oh, okay. Fair economically enough. minded. How's that? Well, I was so ec economically minded that I recently bought a bundle of uh, the Drew Estate factory smokes. I'm familiar with that. Yes, I know you are. Now, Drew Estate first became known for their acid line of infused cigars, yep. and then they developed their reputation even further by producing several different lines of premium and super premium non-infused smokes. The Liga Pravada is Liga just... Liga Pravada is Oh, man, that's just an amazing cigar. Undercrown uh -huh. is a big hit. And that's not even mentioning uh, some of their... I don't even know. Are are some of these ones infused that are the more like earthy ones? I don't even know. Are those infused or not? You know what I'm talking about, like the Drew Estate Naturals. The Naturals, the, uh, I they have a sweet tip on them. Yeah, I don't know what the deal is, but like the Natural line, that's a pretty good cigar. If yeah, you don't mind really the sweet is. tip, on it them. really is. It really so is. So I, you know, I don't. No, I don't think those are infused cigars. I think that's why they're called natural. Natural, but yeah. But I, I don't know that they're making them anymore. I think they stopped making oh, them just recently. Well, it wasn't until 2018 that Drew Estate made a bold entry into bundled cigars. Now, bundled, less expensive cigars are actually a huge part of the sales of the cigar market. And it's easy to see why. If you're smoking more than just the occasional cigar, you're likely either always on the lookout for a quality, cheaper option, or you're independently wealthy. You know, oh, that's, yeah. just, that's just the way it is. If it's the latter, uh, by the way, would you consider becoming a sponsor of the show? Uh, we would appreciate it, and <laughs> we would promise good. to smoke only super premium cigars with the money from your sponsorship. Absolutely. That, would be our, that would be our thing. We, yeah. we do the super premium reviews for you. That's right. That's what we'd be willing to do. Uh, anyway, I know that Factory Smokes are uh, one of your favorite lawnmower cigars. Yes. And I, I thought that this being summer at all, it's a good time to do some tasting notes on them. So enter the Drew Estate Factory Smoke Maduro Toro. To start off, it was a lot prettier than I usually expect a bargain cigar to yeah. be. Nice, deep brown Maduro wrapper. I wasn't able to learn where the leaf was grown, but the cigars <laughs> were rolled in Nicaragua, so there's at least All a chance. All the information about them is kind of a mystery. Yeah. Uh, and I did find out that the filler and binder tobacco is from Indonesia. Uh, notes of earth and chocolate were on the pre-light, and the earthiness is really primary. I mean, when you when you smell these, when you uh, when you do the cold draw, you either punch it or clip it and, and do the cold draw. Um, earth, earth, earth. It's just everywhere. Um, I uh, there's a little bit of sweetness also on the draw, by the way, but lots and lots of earth. I didn't use a punch or a cutter on this particular cigar because the cap looked like it might actually be missing. It was it was kind of weird. Uh, the cigar was sort of open on the end already. It wasn't coming apart. It wasn't flaking. It was just open, huh. like somebody had already taken the cap off. Uh, so didn't prove to be an issue. Uh, the rest of the factory smoke construct construction was actually quite good. Once I lit it, 
The cigar gave me more of that earthy note from the pre-light, along with coffee and an oaky note. There was still a little bit of the sweetness that I got on the cold draw as well, and a little black pepper on the tongue. Now, I smoked it outside, and it was admittedly a little breezy. But since one of the things that I look for in an inexpensive cigar is one that I can smoke in the car with the top down, yeah. uh, I thought the breeze would be a, a good test. Does it make it smoke super hot? If so, that wouldn't be you know as enjoyable. Uh, as it turned out, I did touch up the factory smoke once during the first third to correct an uneven burn. And it took care of itself after that, burning as well as a much more expensive cigar, to be totally honest. It's also worth mentioning that the ash held on for almost the full first third. <laughs> I mean, I was it, it probably would have lasted longer if I'd been more daring. It is definitely not a short filler cigar like so many other uh, lower-priced uh, smokes. This is definitely long filler. The factory smoke developed a nice creaminess by the second third, and while it certainly wasn't the most complex cigar I've ever smoked, it was far from being a one-note experience. Pepper and espresso continued, uh, and I, I did kind of lose the earlier oakiness, but it was still more complex than you might think. By the final third, a little bit of minerality joined the party, and I got a bit more pepper. Strength started out pretty mild, but by the last third, I'd really have put it at a medium plus. It was, you know, it was nice and had, had a nice punch to it. Uh, if I had one criticism of the factory smoke Maduro, it would be that some of the tobacco does seem a little young. Yeah. But that's kind of hard to have a problem with at this price. I just looked up you know? my uh, review on that that I did probably mm -hmm. a year ago or whenever it was, uh, and that's one of the things that I said right. about it. Hard to have a problem with it, though, at this price, and also compared to others in the same price range. Yeah. If you've ever smoked a quorum, you know what I mean about young tobacco, right? Uh, that whole younger tobacco note. And the factory smoke did not come across that young. Uh, but it did make me think, you know, I ought to just buy a bundle of these and let them sit in the humidor for a year. Oh, I yeah. bet they'd be amazing. Again, especially Watch them for the price. And... and and at this price, you could buy them and let them sit in the humidor for a year and not feel like. What price did you pay for the bundle? I'll, I'll, I'll get to that. Oh, okay. I'll, I'll get to that. So overall, uh, decent construction. Uh, surprising abundance of flavors, not a super premium by any standards, but quite enjoyable and a great choice for walking the dog, mowing the lawn or cruising with the top down. Now, here's the best part. You won't find these anywhere priced at more than about $2 and 75 cents a stick. Right. The bundle I bought came in at about a dollar 70 yep. a stick. Holy crap. Uh, <laughs> I hereby declare the Drew Estate factory smoke Maduro Toro, my absolute favorite El Cheapo smoke. Yeah. Absolutely. And with inflation and gas prices doing what they're doing right now, I may be including a lot more of these in my regular rotation. Let me just tell now, you. I've had the uh, Sun Grown. I've never bought a, a bundle of them, but the Sun Grown's real good, too. Okay, so I'm, I, that was the other thing I was going to say is I'm really curious now to try the Sun Grown and the yeah. Natural. So I recommend, in fact, I strongly recommend that you put some of these in your humidor as soon as you can. Highly recommended. Thumbs up. I don't remember what you gave it, but price to quality, I'm giving it a 7.5. Nice. Yeah. What but did I give it? That's how look. impressive it was. I mean, again, it cost me $1.70. I mean, we're really inching close toward what that black and mild was worth that you uh, rated so highly. Right, price right. Quality, right. So I, I'm telling you, I, I would be interested to see what your. Uh, I'm looking PDQ it up right was. now. Factory Smith. What uh, was my PVQ? 
I gave it a 5.5 okay, uh, at so, $1.99. Uh, so I was a little more enthusiastic than you were, but I just so, really enjoyed it, you know? Here's what I think, though. That was, a, that was a review a while back, and I've had a bunch of them since then, and I've found that there are some inconsistencies across them, okay? And, and that's to be expected, I think. But at that price point, yeah, I don't care mm-hmm. that much. Right. Um, <clears throat> and the one I smoked when I looked back on there, the one I smoked was uh, you'll get those once in a while where they're a little young tasting, and they're a little... Um, a little fast burning. That's mm-hmm. apparently what I had on there. It was a little fast burner, and uh, but most of the time not. Most of the time they're reasonably consistent and they're pretty good. So uh, I've smoked many, many of those, many bundles of those right. by this point. Well, for me, I'm always looking for a good, inexpensive cigar that I can smoke either in the car if I've got the top down, or on a day when it's a little more windy and I don't want to go out there and light up my, you know. Uh, H. Upman by A.J. Fernandez right, in Nicaragua right. that was $18, you know, because uh, uh, you, you're you not going to get the right enjoyment out of it. But you still want to be able to enjoy a cigar. And so something that has flavor burns at least half decently and uh, and can, you know, be rewarding and enjoyable and where you don't feel like you're, you know, wasting your money. Uh, it's it's, I, I it's, think it's also a great, a great one to have, like, uh, like, if you think you might get interrupted or if you got some other things to do. Um, if you relight it more than twice, you will mm-hmm. get a penalty, but the first or second relight's not a big Not deal. too bad, yeah. yeah. As long as you don't let it sit too long. Yeah, don't let it sit yeah, too long. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> don't leave out overnight. Uh, not to change the subject, but I've been sipping this, and I think it's wonderful. This is the Nowhere But Texas uh, American uh, lager from, um, uh, from Legal Draft. Draft, and um, I think it's delicious. It's the first time I've tried this. What do you think? You have the right to drink great beer with flavor and character made locally and enjoyed with friends and family. Know your rights, it says. It's got almost a little um, uh, fruitiness to it, like an apple uh, or, or or something in there, but it's not like a cider. It's definitely a beer, but... Uh, uh, I, I dig it. I think it's I, it's it's got a crispness that I really enjoy. It says this uh, American uh, premium lager is straw gold, made for easy drinking. It's perfect for the lake uh, ball game or a Texas country concert. Mm. Um, agreed. Uh, this is actually really good. There's a couple beers, lagers, uh, uh, that have come out here, especially in this area, that that remind me of Lone Star, but way better. Right. Um. And Lone Star is something you can drink ice cold, mm-hmm. and it's fine. It gets a little sketchy when it gets warm. Yes, for sure. <laughs> uh, but this, and uh, Eighth Wonder makes one called Tex. And that's that's got well, some similar qualities. Very this. similar to this in, in the overall um, in genre of beer. Very similar to, uh, and a lot of the same qualities in that this has such a beautiful um, maltiness to it. It really does. And it's uh, got just that that little hint of, of fruitiness and a crispness that makes you... You're right about the... It's it's like a kind of a green apple. Yes, yes. A little bit of... In the and just way. that snap gives you a little bit of the Doritos effect, which makes you want another sip. You know? It's really, really quite good. Uh, brewed and canned locally. Uh, does it say what the ABV is? Legal draft uh, in Arlington, Texas. <clears throat> uh, what is the ABV? I don't see it. The sticker could be over it. Yeah, it. It. I'm guessing it's oh, around. Oh, it does. Four there it is, written down here. It's a uh, four point two. Four point two. So very four. crushable. Yes. Yeah. I mean this. This would be a great by the pool beer. You know. Yeah. Absolutely. Have a bunch of these in a cooler. Keep going back. You're not too worried about it. You know. Uh, I like it. Mm. Like all the little pictures on here is little pictures of the Alamo and a. Sheriff's badge and a cowboy hat and a rose and cowboy yeah, so it's boots. very it's a very Texasy can if you want to uh, show that off and it's of course red white and blue which is 
also the colors of the Texas flag, yes. by the way, not just the American flag. So this is when you Texas drink flag. while you're barbecuing. Yeah, That's for sure. What this is right here for sure. Yeah. Good stuff. All right, um, I approve of this beer. I'm for it. My name's Cruz, and I approve of this beer. <laughs> uh, I, I absolutely like it. So um, let's take a break. We come back. We want to talk about um, tap rooms. We want to talk about a different kind of craft beer experience that's not too bad, <laughs> and uh, and we'll also get into. I, I really don't know what's going on here. <laughs> uh, it, and the story is even weirder than the tease. <laughs> trust me. Uh, we'll we'll get into that coming up. You are listening to Smoking and Toasting, and we will be right back. Welcome back to Smoking and Toasting. We are the program that's all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. We'll be talking a little bit about our favorite tap rooms, but first, a tap room I have not visited, but boy, would it be fun, is the Oklahoma City tap room for uh, Prairie Artisan Ales. These guys, uh, these guys are so nuts and creative. There, there's certain breweries that make me think of just like they're just so like out there in a creative way. Um, Prairie Artisan Ales is one ingenious. Uh, oh, genius is, is, is another. There are a number of them on the West Coast that are just absolutely, just absolutely nuts. Wow, that looks that looks like a jar of jelly is it, with the little uh, beer foam on the top of it. Fascinating. It looks like a smoothie. Yeah, it really does. Well, these guys, uh, so so Prairie Artisan Ales, really known for sours. That's kind of their thing. And this is a sour ale, but it is all about peanut butter and jelly am i correct So peanut butter and jelly squeeze sour ale with blackberry blueberry boysenberry dried roasted peanuts and peanut butter five percent alcohol by volume fascinating well it's going to be uh the color of it is oh. <laughs> i mean it looks like the 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 blackberry poisonberry and yeah, blueberry you just can all mashed get all up. of those you can get all those berries on the nose you really can and and somehow it does kind of evoke the peanut butter oh, the, and chili sandwich. I can smell the peanut butter in there. Mm-hmm. So you know, this, definitely on the nose. This week, yeah, um, we were shopping earlier this week, and uh, my wife bought one of those jars of peanut butter and jelly mix. Oh yeah, is that any good? I've never done. It's that. It's just fine, and I can't tell you for whatever reason. Like it makes me every once in a while, I'm like, hmm, I'm a little hungry. I just go by and grab one piece of bread and make a little foldy with it because yeah. it's so easy. Because the jelly's already in there, <laughs> right? You so don't have easy. to get up two separate things. And okay, so this is uh, the the nose on this is fantastic. There's a tiny bit of that sour you can you can smell, mm -hmm. but the peanut butter's there. Wow, all the berries fascinating. The okay, so the peanut butter is there, the um, the the berries are there, the the jam you know uh, jelly flavoring. But on the finish, I actually pick up what almost seems like toasted bread, which completes the whole peanut butter and jelly sandwich uh, thing. So the sour in here, if you've ever had a real good uh, raspberry preserve, mm. you know how raspberries got the little seeds mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and you bite the seed and it's got a little bitter to it. You yes, know? yes. That The sour is evocative of that. Um, uh, the... Uh, the peanut butter, it's so funny because you take a sip and you're hit, you're assaulted with fruit, and then the sour happens, and then right before you swallow, you get this peanut butter. Right. That just like, like right peanut at the back and of the Peanut butter and toasted bread on, on, the toast, on the finish. Yeah, yeah. toastiness. It's, this is this is incredibly well done. Mm hmm. I don't know that I could drink more than one of these. Oh, you know. Did you notice the sediment in the bottom of this? Uh, there's definitely some, yes. 
If you, you were wondering you were, if there was, you were closer to the bottom of the can, I think, with your pour. So you if might. If you have were more. wondering if there was crushed fruit in there, look at oh, that. Yeah. Look oh at yeah, totally, totally, <laughs> totally. Well, you know, I got to give them credit for trying this. You know, so this is just a, a big hand grabbing a mm -hmm. peanut butter or jelly jar. It looks like a jelly jar. I like this, but I only want one. You know what I mean? I could drink an entire can of this and be fine. I don't know that I'd reach for a second one, but exactly. this is, but see, I, I'm also like that. Sometimes I just want something different and that's good. And then I'll go to something else, you mm -hmm. know? Mm -hmm. uh, if I had a six pack of this, uh, it would last you a while. I don't think it would last that long, a couple yeah. of weeks maybe, because okay. it'd be something I'd keep going back to going, I want that. I bet, however, this poured into. Uh, a pint glass and then sat out just a little bit to let it warm up. I bet yeah. it gets real interesting. I bet it does. So we're going to let that happen. So you can, yeah, you can uh, keep a little bit uh, to warm there and we'll see. We'll see where it goes. Well, that that's that's good. That's absolutely no. good. Oh, so, oh, oh <laughs> so, so Doug actually liked it. See, I was <laughs> I was guessing this would not be up I was, Doug's alley. I was actually about to make a comment that he hadn't said anything. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. Uh, okay, gotcha, gotcha. Well, <laughs> it gets it gets sludgier towards the bottom. I probably should have mixed it. <laughs> um, I noticed you're not reaching for more. <laughs> yeah, I uh, know. I like. I, I'm actually saving this last little bit and letting it warm up. Uh, we're yeah, we're gonna try that. If there's more in the can, you can pour me. Oh, there's more in the can. Yeah, I, I, I like it. All right, so let me tell you. We're gonna talk tap rooms in a minute, but let me just tell you real quick about a different kind of craft beer experience that's not bad. Uh, Oak Park, Illinois, which is in the Chicagoland area. A goat farm on the west side is teaming up with Oak Park Brewery with the experience giving people the opportunity to hang with the animals and then grab a beer. The Glen Art Farm has paired up with Oak uh, One Lake Brewery for a one-of-a-kind experience that starts... With goats. Early in the morning, the goats get milked and then they run down the alley to the quarter acre pasture. You can hang out with the goats and then walk two blocks for craft beer. Goats the, have weird eyes. Yes. The brewery overlooks Austin Lake Streets. Every beer starts with grain that's a brewed on site. You can pair that with a plate of fish and chips. And the goats give the neighborhood an alternative of things to do. According to, the article. <laughs> I, 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 I guess I don't get it. Like goats and beer, man. I, I, goats and beer, like you know, like the, that's. It, I, I can't. I can't even follow through with that. I'm but, sorry. <laughs> goats are just such strange animals. I mean, Their I don't, eyes are I don't so dislike goats, but they're weird, <laughs> and I just don't know. I don't get the connection between the goats and the craft beer, unless it's Bach. Maybe because Bach is what goats and rams and right. right, right and maybe right. there's a connection there. I don't know. I just thought it was weird. That's not making my list of my favorite uh, brewery tap rooms. Although I'm sure the beer is quite good. And I'm sure that after hanging out with the goats and smelling, you know, what goats smell like, the beer is probably a very refreshing uh, uh, thing to Speaking be Speaking of to, lists yeah. and tap rooms, so you asked me to come up with some favorite tap rooms. Yes, yes. So I had to make a list mm -hmm. of the list of tap rooms that I'm going to do. You made a list of the list? Yes. And, and what does that well, mean? Well, because there's different style of tap rooms. We'll get oh, to that. We'll okay. get to that. We'll get to that. In fact, we'll get to quite a bit more, including some tequila. And we'll tell you about tequila taking over, and we'll talk tap rooms all coming up. It is smoking and toasting, and we will be right back. And we'll have a full
Welcome back to Smoking and Toasting. This is the program that's all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. Uh, my name is Cruz. Thing. My uh, co-host is Ian Barry. Lalo Tequila is spinning on Mr. Twirly Gig, who is the... Uh, We're going to get to that. Yeah. Uh, I'm actually really excited to taste this. It's, it's going to be... I really enjoyed what I had in that margarita and uh, and the sample that I got. So I want to see how you respond to this. But uh, uh, So let's talk tap rooms. First of all... Next week's show, we're actually going to do from a tap room. Oh, yeah. We're going to be at No Label Brewing in Katy. And by the way, they just won like a, a, a huge award for their beers from the uh, for the big beer festival. That's like awesome. it's like a, a like it's the kind that changes your destiny winning yes. an award like that. You know, this this brewery is going to become now nationally known. Not just known in our, you know, in our general area of of Texas here. They're going to become a national thing, and so we want to talk to them about that. <clears throat> we want to sample some beer, and we're going to smoke cigars in their uh, in their uh, outdoor area. So we're really Speaking excited about it. Speaking of favorite tap rooms, mm -hmm. uh, well, we can go there if you want. Talk talk tap room. Let's talk about the style of tap room we're talking. Let's about. do it. Because when you said, I have a feeling, by the way, your tap room thoughts are going to be. Far more organized and complex than mine. <laughs> I'm just like, yeah, I went to this one. I really liked it. You know? I haven't really been accused beer, of having more complex thoughts than other people, but okay. Beer, beer good. Beer good. <laughs> um, so, so there are different styles of tap rooms. So I just want to point out a couple things. Um, some tap rooms are like an elevated uh, experience, and and it's like this whole thing when you go there. And then mm -hmm. there's tap rooms, like local tap rooms, where you just go hang out. Um, and so I have at least those two categories I want to talk about, okay. okay, because there are vast differences there. All right. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So if we're going to talk about uh, uh, something that's a little more of an elevated experience, I, I think one of the kings of the hill is going to be um, is is going to be uh, uh, in here in Houston is uh, Buffalo Bayou. Mm -hmm. because you don't just go in there and have a beer. It's a whole restaurant ridiculousness. Mm -hmm. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? It's a very different thing. Um, and, uh, and there's a few, there's a few breweries that are like that, that are a lot of fun um, out on the West side of Texas. And I should have written this down because I'm blanking on it right now, but out on the West side of Texas, there's a, there's quite a few that are just absolutely ridiculous. Like just, crazy thing but i want to actually boil mine down and go past those because those are nice mm -hmm. but i want to talk about the kind you just go hang out at okay like almost a, a ice house style mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know so favorites um i love brash's uh tap room it's ridiculous it's not air conditioned as a matter of fact only parts of the day can you find a shady spot outside mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um so it's kind of brutal but that's brash yeah and brash is kind of brutal yeah it's kind of what they're all about <laughs> that's kind of if it. you think about it it's kind of but what i also want to talk about the experience of when you walk in brash serves mm -hmm. brash beers and they serve other breweries beers mm -hmm. so you can try a lot of different beers there um breweries that they're i guess professional friends with so to speak right also, it's like walking into an old arcade. All mm. the games, right from the eighties, are all there. I, I'm pretty oh, sure they have Pac-Man and yeah, yeah, Rampage and mm. all Joust. those. Yes, all <laughs> those different things. And then the jukebox, mm -hmm. 
when the mildest thing on the jukebox is Pantera. <laughs> yeah, that's the mellow ones. <laughs> so yeah. I, I feel like Brash has created an environment using basically what is a, a, an ice house style feel this fantastic let's move over from there and let's go to uh uh eureka heights not mm -hmm. too far from there actually eureka mm -hmm. heights and i'm friends with uh some of the people there so i do have a little bit of a personal connection to eureka heights uh, but this is the kind of place where um if they notice that the line for beer is getting a little too long then someone that works there will go get samples of beers and walk through the line and give you samples and of beers while yeah, you're yeah. waiting. Mm -hmm. I mean, come on. Yeah, that's pretty cool. You almost <laughs> hope the line gets long, you know? <laughs> I mean, come on. Like, like that's yeah. an attention to, to, no, that's, to, that to service. It's fantastic, and it's just a fun place. And then a lot of these places have all these. They have yoga and beer. They have mm -hmm. all oh, yeah. these all different, kinds of different things activities. going on, yeah. you know? Sure. And not it's, only, not, it's not just cornhole. And taps. Right. Well, you know? and not only that, but they also have the the Bette Midler Shrine. Right. There is right. that. That's been there forever, <laughs> right? Yes. <laughs> I've forgotten about that, but you're absolutely right. That's a thing. Yeah, they do all kinds of and then and then their sense of humor just prevails everything, you know, all the all the artwork and stuff that they have going on there. So that's a lot of fun to hang out. Um uh, there's another one that uh, goes a little under the radar, and it's under the radar brewery. Mm. And this is one of my favorites, and there's two reasons. One is um, there's it's never that busy, and mm -hmm. I, that's not good for them. But it can be good for you if you just want to sit they and have, chat. Or and their tap room is almost non-existent. It's yeah. literally they open the bay doors, and you got about fifteen feet before you hit the bar. Right? <laughs> I love it. Yeah. And there's a refrigerator on the side if you want to take something to go. <laughs> um, but uh, so you you walk in and the guys are real nice there. They always have great beers. They always have some really fantastic stuff. Um, and, and then and then they have this big yard, and you can always go find a far corner and smoke a cigar and chill out and mm, hang a good time if you're gonna nice, watch nice. a game yep, yep, yep. or if you're hanging out. So I'd say those three. But honorable mention also. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and say, um, uh, um, true anomaly is a lot of fun. Uh, it's not a great place to go have a cigar. They do have an outside. Mm -hmm patio but they got a great hang they got great beers and then they got this incredible pizza place right across the street and if you order it the pizza place will just bring it over to you mm -hmm. and so that's a really a lot of fun and it's walking distance to eighth wonder which is a great tap room to have a cigar with because also giant yard and you can look out. at these yep. giant you know statues. statues of the beatles and uh awesome. so I, I i've named way too many there mm -hmm. yeah yeah you, you named like a bunch i went way over i broke the mold <laughs> here i went way over but uh i i just love that kind of down home tap room experience and that's why even the big ones that are like really like a destination kind of place aren't quite as interesting to me to be honest mm-hmm so that's why I had to separate that category. Well, I would say for mine, honorable mention would be uh, Santa Fe Brewing Company in uh, Santa Fe, New Mexico, a place I just literally drove to because I was driving to Santa Fe and saw the sign. Mm -hmm. I was like, hey, I've had their beers. Let's go. And uh, so went in and, and uh, they, you know, they were very friendly, uh, had great beers on tap. It was a place I wasn't that familiar with. So they'd be an honorable mention for me. If I were to narrow it to three 
probably one of them would be St. Arnold uh, in Houston. It's just their whole taproom thing is very different. Their building is so old and historic, and it's yeah. just got a really different kind of a feel to it, and I really, really like it. Plus, I'm just a, a really, really huge fan of their beers. I, I, I they, they can do no wrong as far as I'm concerned. I really, really like that uh, that brewery. Some of my favorite breweries I've not been to, or they would very likely make the uh, uh, <laughs> right. make, make my list, but I haven't been to Parrish's Taproom. <laughs> And uh, so it'll be hard to. Uh, I actually haven't been, although I need to come out there sometime when your band is playing. I haven't been to the Yellow Rose Tap Room. Oh yeah, uh, we'll be out is, there. Uh, yeah. uh, I think next month yeah, actually. Yeah, all right. We gotta get gotta coordinate. It'll be dates. hot. Yeah, that's all right. That's all right. It is hot this time of year. Um, uh, the uh, Eighth Wonder was going to be, I think, my next one, uh, and just largely because of how spread out it is. Yeah. You know, I love that you can just kind of almost wander around there, which is kind of unique for a tap room. They've got, you know, some indoor spaces, but they've got a huge outdoor area. It's great for smoking a cigar. Like you said, the, the Beatles statue is just really super mod and cool. Mm -hmm. And it's big enough that they can throw great sort of like festival events yeah, there yeah. and uh, and have bands and, and do all kinds of stuff. And, and that's really fun. And the other one, and you mentioned this, but I'm going to mention it for a different reason. Uh, the other one that is an absolute favorite to me, partially because it's walking distance from my house, but True Anomaly Brewing. And the reason that they get to leapfrog a few other potential favorites uh, is because the very first time I went, it was a Tuesday, which means it was Taco Tuesday. And the tacos <laughs> that they had and this little table that I had set up outside were the best tacos I've ever had in my life. They I'm were gonna so have to hit good that on a Tuesday. That it's just like you gotta go on Tuesday. Plus they do trivia, which is kind of fun. You know, I didn't participate, but it was it was fun to sit there and act like I was smart because I knew the answers <laughs> to some of them. So so that was cool. But yeah, those are my favorite. But there's tap rooms all over the country. And in fact, what sort of started us on this this whole uh, thought process was an article which appeared in craftbeer.com for about nine remarkable brewery tap rooms. They say you should put these on your bucket list to visit if you're, you know, somebody that travels around the United States. So while Ian opens up the tequila, let me tell you about these. In Wichita, Kansas, a small craft brewery called Central Standard Brewing. Um, you know, the small craft breweries of, of the past were simply neighborhood pubs and then, you know, so there must be some kind of an X factor, they say, in brewery design. Central Standard in Wichita, Kansas, uh, with its communal share-a-table patio setup on a side road across from a quiet park, has achieved the rare backyard buzz. That was quite a, oh, beautifully done. Uh, the inside has a retro vibe. Uh, it's supposed to be one of the coolest retro places you can visit. If you're in Reno, Nevada, visit The Depot. It's an old train station built in 1910 that is now a tap room, and that's pretty exciting. Definitely something you want to uh, read. In San Diego, the Epig Brewing, not Epic, but Epig, E-P-P-I-G, Epig Brewing Waterfront Beer Garden. It's beautiful. It's lit up. It's uh, it's their second location along the waterfront, and they say it will make you forget all about their first location in uh, in North Park. It's open air, right in the middle of the harbor. The view dominated by all kinds of boats in the foreground and San Diego's skyline in the background, and really, really good beer. In Saline, Michigan, 
Uh, Salt Springs Brewery. What You know what's interesting to me, Ian, is these are mostly breweries I have never heard of. Which, I've never heard which of Which I find fascinating because it's like, okay, now these get to go on my list. Right, right. right. Uh, might be some truth about the idea of beer being a religion, they say, uh, because over the years they've seen a, numbers of brewery, a number of breweries open up inside former churches in Michigan. Props to Salt Springs Brewery for doing a little redecorating along the way while retaining the beauty of the church that was built more than 115 years ago that is home to their brewery. Love City Brewing in Philadelphia. Uh, there is a uh, a second brewery in San Diego that makes this list called the Mission Brewery, and uh, it makes its home space uh, in the building that was once occupied by Wonder Bread. Nice. <laughs> Which is kind of interesting. Uh, Toro Creek in Paso Robles, California, and Magnolia Brewing in San Francisco. And finally, rounding out the uh, the list is the Engine House Number no. 9 Brewery in Tacoma, Washington. And yes, it is in a former firehouse. Nice. So that's kind of cool. So these all sound very interesting and kind of like unusual taproom experiences, which I think would be awesome, you know? Uh, so, Ian, you have opened up the Lalo. You've had a chance to, uh, to nose this a little bit. Just a get? couple of... Uh elevated brewery experiences there was one in pittsburgh called the uh church brew works oh nice. which was in an old deconsecrated mm -hmm. uh church and that was pretty amazing and the food was amazing too mm. that's not your that's not your ice house style brew, no which i not tend to all. like a little more yeah, not at all not at all um, this smells smells like tequila it smells it? like yeah it has a very straight head tequila peppery mm -hmm. a little buttery kind of smell Have you you've tried? Oh, you have tried this. By I itself. have, but in, you know it's been it's been a few weeks, and I'm trying to. Yeah, I remember really liking it, and I okay. do really like it. I can it. see why. Uh, the butteriness is mm -hmm. is definitely in there. Um, it's sweet, buttery, peppery, and sweet. It is sweeter sweet than agave. I expected. Yes, and it's quite pleasant sweet. Like, like that's really nice. I bet this is. Like just like this, I would I would drink it. I bet this mm -hmm. makes a great margarita. I bet it does. It, it's got just the right sort of foundational flavor for making a great. It's margarita. got enough of that peppery punch to uh, to to get through in a in a margarita or mixed drink kind of thing. I think um, it's got uh, definitely. I like the aftertaste. The aftertaste leaves this this sweet agave kind of thing going on. You ever? Um, Ever just had like the agave, um, the, the agave liquid? Uh, what do they call it? The just... oh yeah, yeah, the agave syrup. Syrup. Yeah, yes, yes. A, uh, it, it has a lot of that kind of character to it, and then it's it does. sweet, and then it's agave, but it has a little pepper punch. I I would say though for a blanco, because the blanco is unaged, right? Mm -hmm. For the for a blanco, I think it's got a remarkable sort of. Uh, um, a smoothness to it. Lalo continues the legacy as a third generation spirit, combining a grandfather's love for the land with a father's passion for uh, premium. Our tequila is a distillation of an entire country, culture, and people. Each bottle captures the complex essence of our agave plants that naturally age in the mineral rich soil of the Jalisco Highlands. And it is very minerally that. Very much so. That yes. mineral water. It's, it's also like a, a part of like why I like this so much. You know, this is. The minerality? 
Yes. Inhale, sip, exhale. It's our ritual for drinking, our mantra for living, Lalo Spirits. Mm. Um, I also like the 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 very incredibly simple. Well, they give you the uh, coordinates for where they are, 20, uh, 20 degrees and all that stuff on there. So. But I like I like the bottle. The bottle yeah, is so it's, simple. It's kind of a simplistic and and just very uh, has straightforward. A, I like that. It has a very uh, distilled down kind of look to it. But also, like like as simple as it is, the label has some texture to it that makes you right. Like, it, it doesn't look cheap because it's simple. It looks right, elegant. Right. Because it doesn't it's look simple. like you printed it on your home printer and right. then <laughs> cut the paper out and stuck it on there. I I really like it. Now I will admit most of the tequila that that crawls into my favorite category has a tendency to be very mapley, very vanilla, very right, oaky. Right. Uh, and this is not that. What? Uh, but what? it is as good an example of a sort of a straightforward agave peppery blanco as I think what I could What price point is this at? It's about 40. So this is a little more expensive yeah. uh, blanco, but I got to tell you like it, as a blanco that you could just sit by itself. This is really good. Mhm. Mm um and I imagine it, it just makes one hell of a mixer. Mm-hmm. I could see why um if you had a if you had a bar with uh high end mixed drinks that this would be your go to right. for a margarita. If, if you because, were you thinking like an anvil or a place like that, right, that, right. that does the really high end crafty uh, mixed drinks or or something like what uh Chris Morris uh, would put together, you know? Right. Yeah. Um so here's What's interesting about tequila and why I wanted to get a tequila to bring in today, uh, because tequila. tequila is taken over. In fact, uh, according to a new report in Bloomberg, Americans will spend more on mezcal and tequila this year than on whiskey. Really? Yes. Uh, making it the number two spirit, vodka being number one in terms of what is spent on it and how much is, is, is sold. Um, and that's interesting because it tells you a lot about vodka because there are not that many super expensive vodkas. So it means a lot of vodkas being bought and consumed. Uh, but if you look at tequila and mezcal together, they will outsell whiskey in the United States in 2022. That's crazy. Yeah. That would surprise you, wouldn't it? That's, that is very surprising. Because the specs that I go to, for example. There's a, a whiskey aisle that's all like scotch mm -hmm. and Irish whiskey. And then there's the bourbon aisle. Mm -hmm. uh, and so you got four solid sides of an aisle. And they're long aisles. Then they're long aisles that are all devoted. I mean, the only thing, only thing that gets more real estate than that is beer and ultimately the wine. I mean, the wine is a whole yeah. entire section of the right. shop. Yeah. Right. But, and there's, and there's maybe like four and a half aisles of beer. Mm -hmm. But um, but yeah, uh, tequila and mezcal together one aisle. Uh, it's it's interesting. That's crazy, yeah. That's crazy. And then vodka gets its own aisle because yeah, vodka. Although I think it vodka shares it with gin. Yeah, yes. vodka and I gin. I had to gin. think about that because at, at the specs I go to, that's called Martini Way. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> and, it's, uh, <laughs> and it's a vodka and gin, right? Yes. Yes. <laughs> mm. Insert Ian joke about uh, martinis only being made with gin here. <laughs> well, yeah, but, but, uh, I'm trying. Anyway, to, I'm trying to be better about that. I thought. Th I just thought that was very interesting. This is the first time this year 
that Americans will spend more on tequila and mezcal. Now, I, I believe... That's a pretty good tequila. Not only is it because tequila has really exploded, and there's so many more, uh, so many more uh, brands and and different ones to try, but it also has to do with the explosion of mezcal. Uh, at the specs we were talking yeah. about, mezcal used to be a tiny portion of one shelf, and now it's a whole quarter of the tequila and mezcal. Well, there are certain area. things now that are getting their own section. Mm-hmm, the mezcal. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, just a few years ago, you'd have to kind of dig a little bit. Mm-hmm. And now it's... it's And now you can even find Satoll. Yeah, pretty much uh, pretty much everywhere. And then uh, Texas whiskey is one of those things. Remember when you, they'd have, like, one little corner, which would be like, oh, there's some, some cute Texas, little... Yeah, now Texas whiskey is almost a whole section, aisle. yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, you're absolutely I right. I mean, Irish it's whiskey gets its own section. Right, right, right. And, and it's, Texas it's whiskey is like that now, you know. Like, yeah. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> Texas doing battle with Ireland for shelf space. <laughs> That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, it's drinking news time, and so we're excited about that. And uh, speaking of drinking, we still have something to uh, to sample called Morning Sunshine. It's a uh, it's a stout with apparently you're going to want to pour on pancakes. So <laughs> we'll, we'll find out coming up. Welcome back. It's smoking and Toastin'. Our program is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. We are on show number 285, and we are thrilled to be here. And uh, during the break, Ian and I went back and sampled our uh, slightly warmer peanut butter, uh, and, jelly peanut butter and jelly squeeze. And uh, the first thing we realized is that coming from the tequila to that was a bad idea. No, so we had, to, we had to go and do a little palate cleanse. Uh, but then coming back to it, I think both of us uh, had the same thought, which was... I liked it better cold. Yeah, we yeah. liked it a little better when it was cold. But uh, uh, And it's not to say it's totally bad right now, but I definitely, I think I liked it better cold. Yeah. Because this, this to me has that the same, you know when you buy a smoothie... Like the the leftover smoothie from Smoothie King, mm-hmm. like you had just a quarter of it left, and you got out of your car and you went into Best Buy, and then you got frustrated <laughs> because no one in there knows what they're talking about, and then you came back out to your car and it's all oh, melted. What, what, what are you What are you trying to say? That's what this smoothie you, tastes you, like you when you get back to, to that. Uh, that's what this beer tastes like. That smoothie you just got back to. You wouldn't be referring to the uh, two and a half hours I spent in there uh, on Saturday. Trying to buy a new phone. Would oh, you? you were in Best Buy. That yes, makes it even worse. Oh yeah, it was even worse. Uh, although I will say, when it finally got to the manager of the department, he did his very best to be helpful. But wow, up until then, Best Buy is an interesting store. Remember when it used to be interesting to go around and look yeah. at all the electronics? Now yeah. they sell phones. Right, <laughs> and and they got a TV section back and, in the back that's walled off, and some TVs. Yeah. And uh, and refrigerators and about two or three different uh, sound bars, right? <laughs> for your TV, yep. And and and, and refrigerators, refrigerators. Yes. yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And maybe a washing machine. Oh uh, well, I think it's time to start drinking. And whenever it's time to start drinking, it's time for drinking news. Drinking news, drinking news. Now it's time for drinking news. Drinking news, drinking news. Now it's time for drinking news. A Florida man with one arm said he had a gator for a pet. When asked about his absent arm, he said, uh, I had to take my gator to the vet. Drinking news, drinking news. Now it's time for drinking news. Cheers, y'all. 
Well, today's drinking news yeah. story, and and this is the part where we should remind people, because I think it helps, that drinking news is a collection of stories which we find, which we believe to be true. In other words, they're not written as parody. They're not. Uh, they're not from the Onion. Um, Today's drinking news story, like every other drinking news story, is a story that may or may not be about drinking. But it's probably always most and best enjoyed if you've been drinking. So Ian pours me a little more of the Lalo tequila, which I will sh sip while I share today's drinking news story with you. It's a short one, but let's be honest. There's so much that is wrong with the few paragraphs of this story. That we'd be doing you, my intrepid smoking and toasting listener, a disservice if we didn't try to unpack it for you here. <clears throat> Let me just take a little sip of this before I continue. Get prepped. A Florida man was arrested in Daytona Beach Shores and charged with criminal mischief. Among other things. <laughs> I can't believe that statement. Yeah. No way <laughs> no, that can yeah. happen. I know. You, you think I'm pulling your leg, Judge. <laughs> he was charged with criminal mischief, among other things, after an incident at a liquor store. Imagine that. Police say that <laughs> it, just, it just goes downhill from here. It start, it's going to start going downhill when I tell you that the man's name was William Bubba Hodge of Homestead, Florida can't make this stuff up. Uh, police say that William Bubba Hodge of Homestead was accused of... Is that of, one word or two? Bubba Hodge? No. It, <laughs> I, I, I like it better as one. I think we'll keep it as... Well, I think Bubba we'll just Hodge. call him Bubba Hodge. Um, he was accused of... And here's where it gets really interesting. All right. All right lay it on me. Stealing an alligator from a mini golf business, beating and stomping it, and attempting to throw it onto the roof of a liquor store. Dear God... <laughs> Where do we even start? Slow down. I <laughs> uh, say, so let's start with that, mini golf. That is a jam-packed sentence. Oh, yeah, right that's there. why I said we got to unpack this for so you. So mini golf keeps an alligator. Yeah, let's yeah. just start there. Let's start with mini so, golf. So I was up there at the mini golf place. You know, the one with the alligator. Yeah. Well, I'm no expert golfer, <laughs> but I can hold my own at putt putt with the best of them, right? It's been a long time since I've played mini golf, but I distinctly remember the man-made waterfall mountain that you have to putt around and the windmill where the blades, you know, cover up the spot you need to put the ball through and you have to time it just right in order to get the right, ball right, through. Right. And, uh, and the wacky obstacle course where you have to shoot around the statues of Gargamel and Papa Smurf and Smurfette just to get onto the second area of the green. You know what I don't you remember? for that one. <laughs> You know what I don't remember? What's that? Alligators. Live alligators. <laughs> what kind of low rent? This is called danger golf. Yeah, what kind of low rent <laughs> meth head crappy miniature golf course has live alligators? Think of the children, for God's sake. Little Johnny lines up his shot to try to get a hole in one and then nope. crunch. Lost his ankle to the alligator. Wally Gator takes a big chunk out of his leg. Uh, that's got to be the worst idea for a mini golf golf course of all time, or at least a close second to <laughs> Cardi B mini golf in Paramus, New Jersey, where you have to maneuver your shot around a big twerking repli replica of a talentless pop star's the whole time, The whole time you're just shooting to find her talent. Yeah, exactly. Which yeah. is not a distance, so you're not going to win this game. Yeah, exactly. And and having to having to work the uh, the mini golf ball around the big twerking ass replica, it's just a hard, it's, it's, it's not worth your time. It is not worth your time. But 
back to our back don't, to don't our even get story. me started on Megan the Stallion. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but back to our story. <clears throat> Secondly, the Florida man <laughs> apparently beat and stomped the alligator. Now, now my uh, question uh, is, did the alligator instigate it? Well, I can say that, you know, while I'm no big defender of the reptile order of crocodilia, Google it, <laughs> uh, that still qualifies as animal abuse in my book. Well, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and there's simply no excuse for that. Besides, what kind of moron, even Florida man, picks a fight with an alligator? What could, poss what could possibly go wrong? <laughs> you know? I'm just saying. And finally, <clears throat> according to the police report, Bubba, or Bubba Hodge, as we like to call him now, <laughs> tried to throw the gator onto the roof of a liquor store in the middle of the night. Was he trying to break in? Did he kidnap the alligator? Yeah, he stole it from the mini golf place. Which, you know, is its own separate news story. Was, but was, was he mini golfing earlier and had a altercation with said alligator you trap? Know, the police report is not clear. What we do know is that he threw it onto the roof, or tried to throw it onto the roof, of a liquor store, which seems like a stupid plan. Was he trying to break in? If so, how would that possibly work? Was a gator supposed to chew a hole in the roof and then fall through into the building and then not a come around and unlock the door so Florida man could come in and grab some Mad Dog 2020? I mean, <laughs> you know, clearly, we're not dealing with a master criminal here, right? Mad Dog. But according to the police report, it may not have even been what Bubba was trying to do. Officers said, oh, God. <laughs> Officers said that when they asked Bubba Hodge what he was doing and when he was throwing the alligator up in the air, he told them that he was, and I quote here, teaching it a lesson. Because that's quote. how alligators learn? Yeah. Hodge was charged with the animal crew. Charged with animal cruelty, with possession and injury of an alligator, unarmed burglary of an uh, unoccupied building, petty theft, and criminal mischief. The alligator was allegedly returned to the mini golf course, where he is believed to be currently lying in wait, biding his time until little Johnny attempts a shot at the ninth hole. Ah, <laughs> uh, Florida... You never disappoint, do you? <laughs> Florida. Reporting live from the Sunshine State, where Governor Ron DeSantis has blamed this whole event on math books with a secret embedded message promoting the transsexual lifestyle, because clearly that's the problem. My name is Cruz, <laughs> and that is your... Drinking news, drinking news. That's our time for drinking news. A Florida man with an alligator... Nah, sorry, I can't do it. I yeah, do it. it's hard to work liquor store into the. Uh, I already, I already wrote a song that has uh, Florida, Florida man, man and the gator and, in it. And, yeah, and the gator oh, no. in oh, it. I know. So, like, I mean, how does this guy one up me like that? I know it's amazing. And so you wrote in your in your drinking new song, you've got a Florida man with one arm and a gator that he had to take to the vet, and in. Chris Morris's uh, uh, drinking news song. <laughs> they box a kangaroo. Box a kangaroo. You gotta love. You gotta love the general chicanery that's involved in all of this. It went around a. What does he say? I love that song. He went around or two, mm -hmm. and it beat him black and blue. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
no, it's, it's really it's really great. So we have to we have to do that one again soon. That's a fun uh, yes. that's a fun little thing to do. Oh, man, I, I got to tell you, Ian, you uh, replenished my cup with the Lalo tequila, and I'm liking it. And this is true of many spirits, but I'm liking it better and better as I sip it uh, a little longer. That's pretty good. The smoothness really starts to uh, smooth. Yeah. <laughs> was that the Jägermeister uh, <laughs> yeah, guy? Smooth. Really was smooth. Uh, no, but it, it does. The butteriness that you mentioned, uh, and and um, Doug was even saying during the break, it just it doesn't like burn on the way down. It's virtually non-existent tequila. Hug, yeah, yeah. You know, but it's very peppery and punchy. Too yeah, at the same right, time. right. But it's all uh, it's all kind of up front rather than it being unfriendly. This is, I think you know? this is a dangerous one. This is one I, I'm going to buy, and my mm -hmm. wife's going to go through it so fast. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I bet it does make great margaritas. I bet it does. I bet it does. Yeah, Especially just... if you're like fresh squeezing everything. Uh huh. Uh -huh. I like it. I like it. It's unapologetically tequila. Yeah. But it doesn't smack you in the face. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I think if you were to just say put some in a flask and go mini golfing, um, you know, as long as you stay away from the alligators, I think it'd be a wonderful. Uh, wonderful also, as usual with fun. our uh, with our uh, tequila shows. Um, what were you looking for? Were the last cups? beer. Oh, the last beer. I have to get that for you. Stand by. Um, uh, as usual with our shows where we feature tequila, no salt or limes have been harmed oh, right. in and the filming of this episode. That is very, very important. <laughs> and uh, You no, were so uh, happy about the tequila. You're like, we don't have another beer. What beer? Uh, uh, yeah, I know. I, I can't believe I've and, and it's morning sunshine that I forgot. This is uh, this is gonna be very, very uh, I, I love the, the artwork already. Like, so this is this is very clear. Martin House has some of the most fun artwork on their beers. They have a whole series where they do the uh, the double can box mm -hmm, you know mm -hmm. looks like a bomber box mm -hmm. but they do the double can and they always have incredible artwork on there um this one is a lot of fun it's a it's a guy and a bear you can see the well let's just say you can see his bear ass mm -hmm. yeah there's a bear ass right there there's a bear ass right there <laughs> um and they're looking out uh across the look there's a there's a little cabin with some smoke coming mm -hmm. from the it's a very you know, I almost could mistake this Grizzly for something Adams from kinda. one of the Fort Collins, Colorado type of uh, uh, breweries. But these guys are out of Fort Worth, Texas. Did I, did I just House. say Grizzly Adams? Am I dating I myself? Did. Yes. <laughs> I dated myself for many years. It wasn't a great deal of fun. Uh, I had to break up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm still not handling yeah. it well. <laughs> uh, yeah. uh, the intimacy was decidedly unsatisfying. Uh, I'll just say that right now. Uh, so um, did, I, did I actually say that? There's something wrong in your head. <laughs> yes, there is. There are many things actually <laughs> wrong in my head. Hot you do, hot you do, hot you do. <laughs> All right, that sounded great. And oh, maybe I'm just, you know, uh, you know, influenced by the tequila. <laughs> well, I'm I love sipping, it already. It pours fantastic. pretty much like motor oil. Yeah, well, I had the feeling this might be something you would like. But, but you know, listen, the folks at Martin House have done such an incredible job of of making really interesting and different craft beers. They've made some sours that have been amazing. I just had uh, – do we have it on the show or did I just have this at home? Their lemon icebox pie? Uh, we had that on the show, didn't we? Yes, it was fantastic. It was just. Such I'm still looking for that Lagunitas uh, iced tea uh, thing that you. You know, I gotta I find that again. I have not since. found it since we had it. Yeah, that was one my uh, wife brought home from the grocery store. 
It this was just smells so like burnt coffee bean. All right, so this is a coffee stout with maple syrup. So the idea is you're thinking about this guy and the bear. You're thinking this is what it's like when he stops at the local place where, like, Jack Reacher would stop in uh, for breakfast with coffee <laughs> and and flapjacks, right? That's what you're. That's what you're there thinking. You just a, just a little mountainside. You Does know, anyone breakfast remember spot. Grizzly Adams? Like, no. Uh, my ja- there was a my, show. My Jack Reacher reference was much more current than your Grizzly Adams. <laughs> there was a show on years ago. Though. But next Grizzly thing I'll, I'll do, I'll mess it up and I'll reference BJ and the Bear. Do you remember BJ <laughs> and the Bear? <laughs> Very unfortunately named uh, 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 trucker. But uh, but anyway, uh, back to the stout. This smells delicious, but it really does. It smells like walking into a diner, right? Oh, for breakfast. I'm waiting for you to try it. Okay. Oh my gosh. This is uh, polarizing, to say the least. Wow. Mm. Okay, so you get the coffee. You get the syrup. Does that work Uh, for you? I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this, and my brother-in-law is going to truly appreciate this, okay? Okay. My newest brother-in-law. His family makes uh, maple syrup. They don't actually make it. I think the trees make it. But they, they, you know do what they stuff. call, you know what they call those people in Vermont though? What's that? Call them tree tappers. Yeah. That, and and seriously, sappers. Yeah, tree tappers. That's what they go. Oh, oh yeah, anyway. my brother John, he's a tree tapper. So uh, his family makes maple syrup, and they make damn good maple maple mm-hmm, syrup. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, uh, we ran out of it, and I uh, I sent him a picture the other day of me using some um, some or something <laughs> like maple syrup, and and I said this is your fault because <laughs> you haven't given us any. But this has that kind of awesome maple syrup flavor. This is it not like your run-of-the-mill, like... No, this is not squeezed out of a honey bear-shaped uh, uh, syrup container. No, not yeah. at all. This this has that real deal. It's not sickly sweet like Mm-mm. some of those syrups are. And then the coffee in this is fantastic the coffee as well. is almost like just that roast coffee smell. I want to point out, so I drink like. coffee black. I don't put um, cream, sugar, anything. I drink coffee straight black, okay? Um, and this has that straight black coffee, like, like uh, overall, like, coffee bitter deliciousness that I like. And then yeah. it has that maple, sh- uh, maple syrup right behind it that's absolutely fantastic. This is great. What's interesting to me about this is that I expected the bitterness of the coffee to be offset by more sweetness from the maple syrup. Not and this sweet. isn't sweet at all. Not super uh, sweet. In fact, if anything, it's it's bitter like the coffee, you know, yes. uh, sort and of it's a, a flavor. so good. It's and, like, yeah. you know how you want to cut, like if you want to put a little taste of something in a coffee, you want it to have that flavor, but you don't want it to have like, like a hazelnut coffee with no mm-hmm. sugar in it mm-hmm. is nice because you get the hazelnut. Right. You get Which a lot of that. times you associate with some sweetness, right? Right. But if you get it in a coffee that, that doesn't have the sweetness. It's really, really nice. This has that same kind of vibe as a. It's huh? like a black coffee with maple syrup flavoring, but not maple syrup sweetness. Kind of digging it. This is fantastic. Yeah, you like this. this yeah, is outstanding. Uh, well, you know, again, these guys at uh, at uh, Martin House Brewing, extremely creative. They, I would put them in that same sort of creative realm as we were talking about earlier with ingenious and and prairie artisan i'm gonna have to get some of this for floating down the river now see that's so interesting to me because i would never choose this as my beer for when you're outside and it's hot 
Well, not that I don't like it. I like it a lot, but it's eight percent. Mm -hmm. So it'll get you there. <laughs> <laughs> I would uh, I would take a little bit of it though and go mini golfing. Yeah. Perhaps you know. Just watch the alligator trap. I just I, just, I still can't like quite it's, get it's over not the fact an alligator that trap. there's live alligators just... at the mini golf place. Where the story started out so I know, but still, does every place in Florida have to be? Have you ever driven infested? to Florida? Oh, I've been. I've lived in Florida. I mean, like every place has an alligator. Like the truck stop has an alligator, right? I I lived in in Panama City, Florida. In the panhandle of Florida, which I am convinced, by the way, if you are on the lam, that is the best place to go in the world. Because everything's really like, like everybody there is transient. Nobody's like really from there. You, you know, nobody questions if you're, you know, just off keeping to yourself. I'm telling you, if I'm ever in trouble with the law this and you're looking you for go. me, Panama City, Florida, that's where I'm headed. <laughs> Plus the beaches are beautiful. So, uh, so, and, and. Until they look back and they listen to this episode and they're like, now we know where Now we know. Uh, I got a uh, 1020 on the, uh, on the perp. <laughs> I don't know what any of those words mean. I've just heard them on TV cop shows so um, well tv cop shows are always very very accurate uh, yes they are they're they're very accurate and they're very especially re realistic. that tj hooker guy like realistic. the way he slides across okay. the roof all right <laughs> because you brought this up i am a big time william shatner fan i just love him i think he's the i think he's the greatest bad actor of our generation he has such an amazing sense of humor about his he own does. self absolutely he does and what's I that just, show where he's the crazy guy in the office oh it's the dad uh, uh the uh, uh the shit my dad says is that what you're talking about no because that was uh, the show didn't a, last it's long it's like a little was, series that he's on where he's uh, maybe yeah, maybe it was uh, oh uh, you're talking about uh, boston legal yeah <laughs> yeah where he's the totally crazy attorney nuts. where he's denny crane yeah. the the, the attorney yeah it's great well so i just watched last night I gave my wife like a choice of like five, six different movies. And to my utter surprise, she picked the William Shatner movie. There was a William Shatner movie about him, you know, basically being a kind of an old guy who falls in love with uh, Gene Smart, who played on Designing Women. Uh -huh. And it's, it's a rom-com. With Captain Kirk. <laughs> I'm serious. I actually enjoyed it, but that's because I love William Shatner. I feel like he can do no right, and, you, and, and I love that. What about when he was on uh, um, uh, Saturday Night Live? Mm. <laughs> like, you, that's people one get of the <laughs> <laughs> You, have you ever kissed a girl? Oh, my gosh. He's great. I, I just love him. I, I've had a chance to interview him before. Really? Yes. And you know what was really interesting that he did? What's that? He hit on the traffic girl. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> and it was a satellite interview. Like, he wasn't even there in the room. Uh, <laughs> no, but I loved him. I always have loved him. He was promoting some... I don't know, dietary supplement or something. When well, he's that, he's just so. uh, he seems to be the kind of guy that comes across. He gets what he does. Like, right, he, he gets what he does. He's very he's, original he's, too. He's totally comfortable with it. You know, it's 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 absolutely. Have you ever run awesome. across any of the uh, really old uh, Twilight Zones with him? Oh yeah, it, oh or, yeah. Yeah. It, and and if you think he overacts in Star Trek, whether you watch those <laughs> Twilight Zones, yeah, it's really it's really really something. Well, I enjoy the spear. Uh, it, it's very different. From what I would normally choose, I think Bruce Campbell I, prescribes to the uh, Bruce Campbell. No, he, he prescribes to the uh, acting school of I, William Shatner, and that makes sense because I love Bruce Campbell. <laughs> I love Bruce Campbell. If you ever his character on Burn Notice 
I mean, I know he's in all the zombie stuff, and that's great. I love it. But his character on Burn Notice <laughs> is awesome. When he plays his alter ego, uh, Chuck Finley. Chuck Finley, how are you? That that show is great. <laughs> you have to, and there's like seven, eight seasons, and you can. I've only the seen whole a couple thing. episodes, it's but I awesome. enjoyed them. Yeah, it's absolutely awesome. But he, to me, is the bright light of that show. Bruce Campbell, love him. I don't know how we got off on that, but like, uh, look what has happened. This is what happens when we bring tequila on the show. <laughs> I just want to point this out. This is what happens when we have tequila. But I'm I'm digging this tequila, and I'm really digging the morning sunshine. It's, it's so good. It's uh, it's very very different. And if you don't like coffee, you will not like. No, this. no, no. Yeah, and yeah. you got to like a good robust coffee for this, because I don't know where their coffee is coming from. But this is like do you remember when we seriously were, robust coffee. Do you remember when we were in Honduras? We hung out with the uh, uh, the guys from um, uh, from the. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, I'm I'm blanking. It's the tequila. Uh, that when we were in Honduras, the uh, cigar people that we were there. Uh, Aladino. The Aladino. Thank oh, you. Oh, sorry. No, I thought you were talking about uh, tequila people. Yeah, from no, no. Honduras. The the Honduras uh, people that we hung. They had some coffee that I don't know. Where well, their it coffee came was from. magic. Yeah, it was it was wonderful. And I'm not even really a coffee drinker, but that was pretty good. I'm a part time coffee drinker. My uh, my my uh, younger brother is quite the coffee snob, mm -hmm. and uh, and and he you know goes to a special a special <laughs> place in the town and gets yeah. his coffee. Yeah, ground especially like the way he likes right, it. Right, right, right. Because he broke his coffee grinder and he hasn't bought a new one yet. Because <laughs> normally he gets them in beans because the coffee lasts a long anyway. Right, right. But we could go on and on about this. But sure, sure. And he does the French. He's a coffee aficionado. Yes, he is that guy, and uh, and he makes uh, pretty good coffee. Like mm -hmm. in my mind, it's pretty damn strong too. <laughs> yeah, well, probably. If like you're, if you if you're a coffee person, if you, you drop a way. spoon directly down into it, it might stand straight up. <laughs> but uh, but he makes no, he makes good coffee. But I think this is something like I might have to buy a few of these and save them for uh, Christmas time when he comes around mm. because he would be freaking out on how good this is. Love it. All right, we're going to take a break. We'll be back. We have a big show coming up next week. We want to tell you about that. And uh, it's this big. It's literally even bigger than that. That's how big it is. That's it's like going to be almost impossible to uh, almost impossible to hold. So we'll take a break and we will return. It's smoking and toasting. Uh, we'll be right back. Welcome back. It's smoking and toasting. I just want to say this again: the more of this tequila that I sip, the longer I sip it. It's not just because I've had some, but like the more it's on my palate, the better it gets. The smoother, the rounder the flavors become. The more the butteriness becomes, just this thing that kind of ties it all together. Really, really wonderful. I, you know, I kind of have the same a, feeling. Like, like Blanco, the more I drink of this tequila, the more I think, man, I probably shouldn't quit this job. Like I was thinking <laughs> when I came in. What? That's good to know. <laughs> uh, so you know, the uh, U.S. Food and Drug Administration is proposing a ban on all characterizing flavors in cigars other than tobacco. Um, uh, they say it's an attempt to reduce younger smokers from trying tobacco, but other people are uh, kind of pushing back on this, saying adults should have the freedom of choice in this matter. Yeah, think? Yeah. According to an FDA press release, the proposed ban on all characterizing flavors other than tobacco in cigars would attempt to, quote, reduce youth experimentation and addiction. The proposed rules would help prevent children from becoming the next generation of smokers and help adult smokers quit, Health and Human Services Secretary Xavier Becara said. Critics, though, of the proposed ban say that 
Individuals should have the freedom to decide what they can and cannot buy, not the government. The choice of which legal products adult consumers have a right to enjoy should be left entirely to adult consumers. That's David Osgo, who's the president of the Cigar Association of America, CAA. Yes. Oh, <laughs> yes. Thanks for noticing I have my hand up. Um, first off, kids smoking premium cigars. Mm-hmm. Remember the last time you walked into a cigar shop and mm-hmm. a kid was out there going, can you get me one of those acid naturals? <laughs> one of those flavored cigars. What's considered a flavored cigar? Uh, no, like it's never happened to me. And because it's never happened to me, it's never happened to anybody. No, that's that's ridiculous. But the bottom line is, uh, you remember, uh, so one of the one of the early shows we had, this would have been under under show 100. This would have been like show 50 or 40 or something like that, mm-hmm. where we talked about the mm-hmm. government spending how, however much money they did mm-hmm. to query the populace and find out just how many children under the age of 18 uh, because that was a smoking age at the time. They just they changed it at some point in time, right? Yeah. Now it's 21. Uh, are smoking premium cigars. Yeah. And it they was spent something like less than 3%, right? Mm-hmm. That's right. Well, let me, give you, let me give you a few numbers here. According to the American Lung Association, flavored cigars make up more than half of the U.S. cigar market in 2015, 52.1%. So critics of this ban are saying that because of this large market share, banning flavored cigars would raise the price of both cheap and expensive cigars. In other words, it's going to affect people who weren't even interested in these flavored cigars to begin with because it's going to raise the prices because you've banned this whole enormous segment of the cigar industry. Now, let's talk about the segment of that industry that is... Young people, that is people under 18, uh, opponents of the proposal say not enough young adults smoke flavored cigars for the ban to actually work like the FDA is claiming. Flavored cigar youth usage rates are currently at historic lows of less than 1% in one recent government Oh, survey. well, it's a good thing we're chasing that down. Banning characterizing flavors in cigars, therefore, will do little beyond denying the adult consumers the right to purchase a legal product. All right, so you remember uh, you remember when they had the uh, uh, the um, album burning? Oh, yeah, yeah, the record burnings. The record in, burnings. In, People uh, would get together and burn yeah, records and yeah, stuff like that. Yeah. I'm going to say that in, in lieu of this, that we get together and we have our own protest. I hope you can hear the mm-hmm. air quotes mm-hmm. going on mm-hmm. in there, right? And, and we do this with cigars. We will get together, and we'll get together in a large space with a lot of other people who are like-minded. And, and we'll we burn them. Burn cigars. Yeah, I love this now, idea. Now, I don't want to do this as a bonfire. Everyone's responsible right, but, for burning their own cigar yeah, you, with a very small fire, you preferably at the end fi- of, of their your cigar. cigar. Yes, yeah, absolutely. And this will be your protest. But we will have a cigar burning. Oh, I'm right with you. I'm with you. Let's do it. Uh, we, we may want to do it right around the same time that we do our uh, uh, bottle kill uh, brunch. 
Bottle Kill Brunch, baby. Yeah, that's good. So, oh, is this the first time we've talked about it? I think it? on the show, yes. We've right. talked about this There's the your teaser. Bottle yeah. Kill Brunch. Yeah. Uh, let me give you another teaser, by the way. Next week, Ian and I will be uh, doing the show from Katy, Texas, from No Label Brewing. They've recently won mm. a major beer award. And I mean, big time beer award. So we're going to get a chance to talk to them about that. Uh, plus, we'll be able to smoke outdoors and have a general good time. It'll probably be really hot, so we'll be sweaty, but that's okay. Uh, because we're looking forward to drinking lots of good no-label beer yep. and uh, uh, getting in a little uh, smoking time. Which it's okay be, if it's hot. I'll just yeah, wear Which would be awesome. Yeah, I'll, I'll be... <laughs> Oh, God. You know, for some reason, uh, this particular show, uh, the audio numbers are way up. The video numbers are way down. I don't know why uh, I don't know why that's happening. Uh, so I do want to say uh, thank you to everybody involved in helping make the show go. And to uh, Sean Anger and his family, we hope you guys uh, yes, uh, yes. feel better. I can't and wait we're to have you guys on. You back on. Congratulations yeah. on your Absolutely. new Absolutely. And until we meet again, my friends, from uh, No Label Brewing and Katie. Cheers, Cheers. Oh.